Welcome to Groove Therapy, the premier podcast exploring the intersection between live music and health and wellness with experts Dr. Leah Taylor and Tara Lee Weathers. In this podcast, you will learn how live music positively affects well-being through a combination of scientific research and personal experience from your hosts, favorite musicians, industry professionals, and fans like you. Also included are strategies to incorporate the benefits of live music into your everyday life. Welcome back, everybody, to a new episode of the Groove Therapy Podcast. This is Dr. Leah Taylor, and we have Tara Lee here. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Tara Lee. Why don't you tell all of the listeners about who we have up for our episode today? Yeah, I'm super excited about this. We are going to be treated to the amazing Melinda Kinsey. And she has been a student of energy medicine and spirituality her whole life. She grew up in the mountains of Vermont and later lived in New York City for 20 years working as a recording and performance artist. With over 30 years of training in transformational work, she has most recently completed a rigorous three-year study of sound healing and shamanism with Zakaya Blackburn at the Center of Light, two years of Aura Soma color therapy training, and is currently training with Anaya Sophia in the Sacred Temple of Arts and Holy Sophia. She is delighted to be working as a sound healer, frequency channel, and energy medicine practitioner in pure service to all of creation and facilitates workshops, classes, group, and private sound healing sessions, children's programs, and all manner of sacred business. I have had the pleasure of participating in a couple of her sound healings, and they were life-changing and transformational catalyst of a lot of what I do. Like she is just so powerful and such a clear channel. And what happened to me during one of her ceremonies is as she describes it. So you'll have to listen for that. But I didn't have a way to put it into words and she so eloquently did. So I'm really looking forward to you hearing this and also like diving into the wild, wild world of multidimensional healing (laughs) and how that ties into live music. Yeah. And this interview and episode came about from the Jason Hahn episode when we were talking to Jason, which was a few episodes back. Let's see, what are we on? 55 right now. I think that was probably 53 with Jason Hahn. And he was talking about healing through music. And it came up where I think I might've been like, we should talk to a sound healer. And Tara Lee yeah, was, like, I was like, I, I know, know <laughs> an amazing sound healer. And so here we are talking to Melinda today. Yes. And so before we get to that interview, I just want to take a moment to ground in the here and now. So this interview can be the most powerful experience for you. So it really gets into your bones and your soul and your aura. So if it's available to you, put your hands on your heart and take a deep breath in through your nose. And exhale out your mouth. A deep breath in. Exhale out. And a deep breath in. And exhale out. Welcome to the magic of the Groove Therapy Podcast. And so it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so it is. Well, we will be right back with Melinda. And we're back and we have Melinda here with us. I am so excited to talk with you. You are my favorite sound healer in the whole world. I've had like such incredible transformational experiences every time that are like really hard for me to put into words. So I'm just excited to talk to you about this and your journey and like everything. So welcome. Thank you. Me too. I'm excited to talk about it too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, so we know you were a recording artist and now sound healer extraordinaire. How did you go from one to the other? Like, was it something that you just woke up and you're like, that's done and now it's this or yeah, just tell us everything. Well, I didn't really say that's done and now I'm going to do this. 
I did say that's done. When I got done with that life of being a recording artist, I was really clear that I was done. What was happening with me was that I had some babies. I had a baby. I was living in New York City and I thought that I would be like, I would just get more tattoos and like be like a rocker mom, like those badass rocker moms. And that was my vision. And then that was not at all. <laughs> what? Was that your vision before you had the baby? Yes. I was like, I was like, check out how I'm going to nail this. Like, uh, I'm going yeah. to I'm going to cruise right into badass mom mode. I'm going to be like those moms that like have their baby in a fucking sling thing, but I'm going to have leather pants on and I'm going to get more tats and I'm going to just be badass. And then I just, like, <laughs> I grew up in like, the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont with like two back to land hippie musician parents. And like when I got pregnant, all I wanted to do was like ferment vegetables and bake bread and shit. <laughs> and I <laughs> and I found that when after I'd had my first baby, do you know that party night of a thousand Stevies that happens in New York City? Have either one of you ever gone to that? No. No. <laughs> Please tell us more. <laughs> oh my God. It's at the Highland Ballroom. I think they still do it there. And it's like this epic. Stevie Nicks often goes. And it's this really over-the-top, amazingly produced night of a thousand Stevies. So all of the underground performers of New York are given a Stevie Nicks song. And they perform it and it's just epic. And so I had, it was my time, like someone had asked me to perform at Night of a Thousand Stevies. <laughs> and I had just had my baby and it was my first experience of like, fuck yeah, I'm going to totally just get in a cab. I'm going to put on my Stevie Nicks drag and I'm going to go like rock it. And I just could not, no way. I could not get a corset on. I could not get my platform boots on. I did not give a shit about anything that had anything to do with performing in that way. And that just kept increasing. And at the same time, I also was having pretty intense spiritual phenomenon. Like I was, I had grown up in a spiritual house. My mother was a singer songwriter, performer, and spiritual investigator. So she would come home like from a workshop where she bent forks with her mind and teach me and my brother how to blow holes in clouds. And when I was in third grade, I had warts on my fingers. And, and every day after school, we would visualize kryptonite green light around my warts and they really disappeared. <laughs> and so I had that in my life in my being, like in my inner life all the time. And I started seeing beings and hearing guidance. And um, I had a few times after I had my first baby, a very beautiful and loving being come into my body and show me how to sound really weird sounds and tones through my baby's body. And when I would do it, he would just relax and his whole body would soften and he'd fall asleep. And I was like, oh, I am either totally losing my mind, going totally south into crackpot town, or I'm really evolving as a spiritual light worker person. And it was just a really speedy, speedy experience from then. I got pregnant a second time. And then just like I couldn't be in New York City anymore at all. And I just was crying for trees and dirt roads. And I just, I needed to lay on the ground in the dirt. I just wanted earth. And I got on a I think I got on a train 
one day when I was like eight months pregnant and I was like, I'm going to Vermont and I'm going to find a place for us to live. And I'll call you when I find the place to my husband. And that's what I did. And we moved here after that second baby was six weeks old. And I knew that I needed a teacher. But what I thought I wanted to study was shamanism in general, like that I wanted to work with the unseen energies of the earth. And I was having a lot of star being experiences and had studied that quite a bit. So when I found a teacher, he was very clearly my teacher. I knew for sure that this guy was my my guide and teacher, but he was a master sound channel and only taught sound healing school. And I was like, I just wanted to be like Luke Skywalker and he could be like Obi-Wan Kenobi or, or Yoda or something. And he could teach me like on the side, like the shamanic stuff. Cause I didn't want to do sound. I didn't want to, I was no longer a singer. I had let go of my whole record deal life my previous name, which was Mindy Kay, I really, really let my entire 20-year career in Manhattan die. And he said to me, uh, no, you cannot study with me that way. I don't do it like that. And good luck finding a shaman that isn't a sound healer. Mm, I love that. <laughs> and I was like, what? What are you talking about? And then he was like, anyone who's working shamanically is using sound. When I went to his school, which at the time was very thorough and long, three years of study to become a sound healer in his school, I just sat and I cried and cried because I couldn't believe how everything that I'd ever done including the record deal I'd had and stuff, which I never wanted. I didn't ever want to be a singer. I didn't like singing in front of people. It all happened to me by accident, which is a whole other story. But I realized what it all had been for. That it was really for me to be able to get to that spot on that day where I was going to learn about what sound really actually was. It's not at all what I thought. And then in in my training and now in my, I don't know, 12 years or whatever of doing this as my job, I've had to undo a lot of my training and relationship to music because a lot of the work that I do with sound is not about making things sound pretty or about making things sound like music. It's not performing. It's not really nice medicine music. It's not anything like that. It's aligning sound with energetics that I'm seeing or beings that I'm working with, letting them sound through my mouth or through whatever my tools are and not judging what that sound is because it's actually just frequency and vibration medicine. It's not to make people feel good necessarily. So I have so many questions, but just from that last sentence, can you describe a little bit about the difference between like making people feel good and like, how is that different from, you know, what, what you're doing? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's an awesome question. I guess that from a musician point of view, we're always seeking resonance with the audible quality of sound. So like, let's say we were the three of us going to sing together right now. We would be like, it's like dancing together, or like birds flying together. We'd be, we'd have our eye on each other and we'd be thinking about like, Ooh, what's a pretty note that goes with those other two notes and what's missing? Should I go underneath everybody or should I go on the top or what's harmonious? What fills the audible spectrum? So this sounds delicious or so this sounds whatever it is that we're going for. 
of course, what we're able to hear is just a tiny slice of what there is on the frequency scale. Just like what we're able to see with our eyeballs is just a teeny slice of the spectrum of what could be seen. I'm sure that's true emotionally and in all kinds of other sensory realms that we're only able at this time to get a teeny slice of what there is. And so this kind of navigating with sound is a little bit more like, and I guess it's kind of what makes it shamanic in a way is that I create a multidimensional container first that's held and anchored to the heart of the cosmos and the heart of Mother Earth. So all energies that that flow through are aligned with what the container is, is for. And so any energies that I see coming into the space to work on people or with people or with me, I'm lining the sound, the audible sound that I can generate because I'm here in 3D. I'm like, I'm here. But I'm seeing what other people aren't seeing. Although sometimes they do see the same thing and they'll be like, oh my God, the bears were there. And I'm like, yeah, they were doing, we were. And so sometimes we, the veils are thin and we all see the same stuff. But I might be making a sound that's aligning with a light that's come in to like clear everybody's pineal gland. And that sound might technically not be something that you would think was soothing. Like, let's say if you were going to like take a nap, Mm -hmm. that is not a sound you would choose to listen to if you were going to relax and take a nap. But when you listen to it, not with your ears or from a lens of what music should sound like, and you are in a relationship with that sound through your body and through your extrasensory capacity, it could be the most relaxing thing you've ever felt is happening on another level. Does that answer the question? That is exactly what I experienced when I had the sound healing with you. Like, I remember I was transported to another world, but I was present. And the sounds I remember being like, like there were shrieks and like boom bams and stuff. But I was the most relaxed I had ever been in my entire life. Yeah. It's something my teacher's teacher, Tom Kenyon who has an awesome website for anyone that's listening to this interview or either one of you. He's amazing. He originally was a neuroscientist and studied the brain and then started doing spiritual experiments while studying the brain and then became a channel by accident and was very reluctant to accept anything that was actually happening to him. And his interviews and... His blog posts are hilarious. And he's now like a world-renowned master sound channel. And he taught my teacher and my teacher taught me to guide people to not listen with their ears. To let your ears take a nap and to listen with your flesh and bone. To listen with your body. And I think that's one of the reasons why dancing on mass like that at the, you know, groove therapy. And I know that you guys are interested in like a wide range of how music can create joy and bring people together in a, in a coherent state and in a create a resonant field with like thousands and thousands of people. And I think one of the reasons why bands like Fish and all those jam bands, can Grateful Dead, can do that is because, number one, those musicians, they're in training to each other. And then the audience is in training with them. And it's not just through their ears. It's through the body. So there's a somatic 
entrainment happening too through all the bodies. So once you get the body involved in that way, and the primary experience in the body is one of joy, as opposed to like a mosh pit or... Like there's a higher intention being called in. Yeah, it's just a frequency. It's like an agreement. Everybody's there to like use their bodies to experience joy. And this somatic journey that they all know they're going to go on. It's similar. Like I used to go to like, there was this awesome Sunday tea dance in Manhattan that was like the old school, old school house music DJs would play. And all the old school like disco freakers would come out. Like there'd be like 50 and 60 and 70 year old like nightclub disco people that were really there to get down. And it was like in the afternoon and the primary vibe was like, we're going to dance right now. That's where there's no drinking. There's no like... If anybody was partaking in any kind of other kind of medicine, it was like outside before they got in. And it was like a dance party. It was just for dancing. And it was religious. It was like straight up, people would be crying. I would go home and be like, I just, it was the most nourishing thing ever. So I think that in the group sound healing events that I do, when people are invited to experience sound through their body and through their bones, and they know and have been told that they're safe, they're in a container that is safe and held and that this is healing for their body. It's a little bit like if you knew that you were getting out in the regular world, if someone claps in your face, you know, it's going to be jarring and an an unwanted experience. But if a medicine woman comes and claps in your face, and you know that it's cleansing your third eye and your all the energy around your eyes and your mouth, you're going to be like, yes, give me more of that. Could you do that again? <laughs> like you're going to want that. Yeah. Thank you for describing what you see as happening in these shows that we go to with the... I like the fact that you're talking about the musicians and training together. I think that's very observant and it's different from like maybe other pop performances or things like that where it's like very much rote and you know we're going to play the same songs the same way and this is what we do and this is more of a performance as opposed to a collective experience of kind of everybody going in and like really setting the egos aside and being like okay let's see what happens when we just all show up in curiosity with this intention of coming together and having fun, you know, and experiencing that joy and that collective effervescence and collective joy and the somatic experience. I love thinking about that too, where it's like it's that piece makes it different as well as opposed to like just showing up and okay, we're going to hear some pretty music be performed. It's like, this is a full bodied experience and we're in it for, for that. Mm-hmm. And how that kind of makes it different. Do you have people like dance and move while during your sound healing? Or is it more of like traditional lying down and and receiving the medicine in that way? It's lying down. Occasionally someone will have a physical experience. Like sometimes people shake a lot. And that's just release. Occasionally someone will really cry. I don't know, somewhere and not know why. But the experience that I'm giving is going out through the indoor. It's like the expanded experience of your own consciousness through the body as the door. So the more relaxed and grounded the body can be, the softer the body can be, the more released the body can be, the more the sound can cruise through all the levels of the being and kind of unlock and dislodge 
any energies that have been pushed down or being stored or anything that isn't in alignment. And also people can go on really big journeys. Mm-hmm. And do you, do you do both group work and individual work? Yeah. What is it like to work with a group where there's all kinds of... I mean, I don't know if this is true or not, so please let me know. But I would imagine that there's like all kinds of different needs from the different individuals that are there. And you being so like in touch with that, do you like have things like kind of screaming at you from different places? Like how do you how do you work with all of that coming at you at once? Yeah, such a good question. So the way that I dial in the container and the way that I stand in my service is that everyone is coming for whatever they are ready for next. And that is none of my business. And that I'm standing in service to the blossoming of the human heart and to the ascension of the human race and our alignment with Mother Earth at this time. So I usually, I like the groups to stay between like 20 to 30 people because that's really handleable to me. And usually the energies that come to help, they come and work on everyone. And I go to each body for certain activations but it's happening differently on each body. So I'll see like a sweeping energy come in and maybe it'll be like people's toroidal field will be getting activated and light will be running through their toroidal field. And so I'll be using maybe the tuning forks for that. And I'll be going to each body and just swirling the rivers of light through their toroidal field But on one person, it might really need extra help clearing the pathway through the heart. And on another person, it might really want some help circulating from the head back down to the feet or something like that. It's rare that a completely different energetic would be happening on each person. It just doesn't appear to me that way. I don't think it would be. I'd be able to pull it off. I wouldn't be able to work that. There are some times like it has happened that people have a group of beings came to work on the group that I was working on and they were all different beings. They were light beings and they went and stood each one by, they each went to one of the people in the room. And then I realized that it was, it was themselves in a higher dimensional form and they had come their higher dimensional self, which also could have been another timeline self came to hold a resonant field for their now self to uh, hold more light. Yeah. Thank you for describing how that, how that can all work. Yeah. And I had an experience at a fish show it was a couple of years ago in Providence and I felt like a portal was open and all the light beings came and I saw each person like have their own kind of people that were light beings with them. And it was so amazing and so powerful and like such an incredible show for me. And then I went into the group fish chicks after and wrote about it. And so many women in that group were like, oh my gosh, like that portal opened for me that night too. And so I feel like, is that kind of like what is happening? Like you're opening this portal and maybe like Fish is also able to open this portal or do you think it was like the audience? I guess it's everything. I don't know. Is it everyone? Like can people come to your sound healing and not be open to that, but it happening anyway? Yeah. One of the things that can't really be escaped in this conversation when we're talking about the fish fish situation or like any of those kind of concerts is there are people... Uh, working with plant medicine in those environments. And so you bring bodies in alignment, hearts in alignment. At that point, the fish guys are like the curanderos of a 
plant medicine ceremony that's like thousands and thousands of people. And they are really good at being those curanderos. They don't bring their ego into the show. They don't really talk much. They're guiding a large group of people on a sonic journey through a ceremony. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) you're laughing. Can you tell us what you're laughing about? Because I just laugh about them if they ever heard me say uh, what they would, how they would yeah. laugh about that. But that's probably why it works, is because they're like whatever. They don't, you know, they they wouldn't put their egos in the place of like saying that that's what they were doing, which mm-hmm. keeps it ego free, which then allows it to actually really probably happen. I wonder though, at this point in their career and journey, like if they would be accepting of that? Like if they would be like, yeah, actually, I've seen that happen. I mean, I don't know. I wonder. Yeah, they probably have to watch out for that. Yeah. I just mean with like all the different ways that people might take what they say or different ways that one thing they say could be heard in a thousand different ways and stuff like that. But I think with Large groups and plant medicine and an alignment that's based in joy and brother and sisterhood, you know, primarily, I think that at that point, you're doing a multidimensional journey with a large group of people. So it makes a lot of sense to me that portals would be open and more than one person would see it, that different multidimensional phenomenon could occur and be experienced by more than one person. I have a question about something that I've heard before, just being in biomedicine and my education, but that is that the future of medicine is energy medicine. And I've heard specifically people say the future of medicine is, you know, sound healing. What do you think about that? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that that's a really makes sense and is Definitely true. And I mean, again, that's like when we use the word sound, words are code, right? And so when we use the word sound, we often think about someone going, ah, or like someone, ooh, someone making sound or singing or instruments or whatever. And when they're saying that, it's really more inside of the idea that everything is sound. Can you give us some examples of things that people might not think of as sound that could be considered sound? Oh, anything that's physical. Every single thing in the fabric of our reality, of our 3D reality is vibrating particles. And so everything that is made of anything that's vibrating particles has a frequency to it, has a a measurable frequency. And so if it has a measurable frequency, that's a sound. Like any kind of electronic, for example, like our phones, the computer. No, like your fingernail, your headphones, like every single particle, that little fuzzy thing on your mic, the door behind you, the paint on the painting. I mean, like every single thing. All things are sound. Not a Brahma is the all things are sound. And it's a really big conversation to have. And it's also the tiniest conversation to have because all the ancient cultures live like that and know that and have known that. And and then we're just discovering it and acting like it's new science or something. Mm-hmm. And like it's some amazing brand new concept and it's really, 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 really old. It's the original thing. Like in the beginning, there was the word and the word was God. And when our... I've been really tripping out on this lately. Like people, when I do my sound work, there are languages that come out of my mouth and they're... I'm not saying words that I like secretly know. I'm using my mouth to align with a lot of the times like codes that I see that are going 
streaming through bodies or streaming through spaces. It's information that's traveling. And it's light language information, which sounds really like so new age and stuff. But when people talk to me about light language and they're like, do you do you do light language? And I'm like, I do, I do. It's very special, Mm -hmm. very rare language. But the weird thing is that we're all talking and words are the weirdest fucking thing. They are like beyond... When I'm doing light language, I'm seeing these things, I'm letting, I'm giving my mouth and whatever sounds want to come out that are the best audible fabric bridge between that thing and where me and all the other bodies are. So are words. Like words are like, if you really think about it, like, Letters are like weird, they're just weird codes that we gave. They're like these weird things that we write down. And so are numbers. And then we give a sound to each one of these weird little symbols. And then we put them together in groups as words. And then we say that that word means this thing, like let's say tree. And if you say the word tree, all of a sudden, everybody that hears the word is seeing tree in their head. It's like crazy how language is. It's very amazing that we act like sound healing or the use of sound is like some separate thing. Like, And then we're all just walking around talking and building entire worlds, like weaving entire understanding with each other when you go to the dentist and they use that blue light thing to harden your your fillings these days and then we're talking about healing with light but we're going to the dentist and using blue light to harden our cavities and acting like those two things are separate how does a blue light harden your cavities how is that happening and we just act like That's like the normal, like that's like totally acceptable. But shamanic healing and and light language and healing with light is totally woo-woo. It's so weird. It's like it's like imaging, you know, you get you go to the hospital to get imaging done, but then like energy medicine is not not okay and not anything that anybody should engage in because it's not real. But actually, like they're utilizing that technology to be able to do diagnostics, but then pushing it aside. Oh, all this stuff that we've been acting like is straight world, like trustworthy doctor, Western world shit is absolutely Harry Potter cuckoo. Like that they put a thing over you and then all of a sudden they get pictures of your bones. Like how the fuck is that happening? How are they doing? How is that even happening? It's absolutely wild. So. They are doing now, I guess, heart surgery with with just vibration, with sound. But I think that that we've been working with light and I just saw a thing the other day that was the new technology that they were, it was like a pest control thing, an AI pest control thing that would shoot violet light at cockroaches and pests in your kitchen while you were sleeping and kill them. And I was like, how is that real? Like, how are people, people are accepting that that's real. Reiki is not real. I wanted to bring up this thing with um, Jason Hahn when he was talking about in the village where he was at and somebody was mentally unwell, that their vibration was just out of alignment with the rest. And that they didn't try to change that person's alignment, but or change that person's vibration, but they like worked with them to kind of get the whole village together to have the same vibration. And so if we are sound and everything is sound, it totally makes like they've been doing this for years. And that kind of it sounds, you know, like that's what you do. And that's what we go to live music. A lot of times it's happening there too. Mm-hmm. So like that's real. <laughs> Yeah, the laws of resonance and the laws of entrainment are 
some really fundamental laws of the universe. So would you be willing to describe the difference between resonance and entrainment? Yes, I would. And it's a really good question. Before I answer that question, I'd like to say that there are words like resonance and entrainment that we're all starting to use these days a lot more. Even the word energy or frequency or vibration and even the word sound and dimensions and higher dimensional realities, all those kinds of words that are part of what I see as like a a vocabulary set, a set of, of words that we're reaching for and using more because we're becoming energetically aware. You know, it was only a few years ago when we were, the cool thing was, was to become emotionally intelligent. Yes. And now we need to become energetically intelligent because the world of frequency and vibration, we are needing to know about it and become aware of it for our well-being and to heal. So when I use those words, I'm using them often to, to describe things as best I can that I'm seeing in the energetic realms. And I toss them around. (laughs) Like I I toss the word, like I I use the word multidimensional all the time. And I really am talking about something. I'm really describing something that I'm experiencing when I use that term. And I think it's really important that when people like me talk about, or like us talk about this stuff, and we use words like that, that we're using them accurately. And I am wanting to make sure that I'm always doing that. So I would like to, I hope it's okay to read something from someone else's website. And oh, yeah, I'd like absolutely. To, okay. I'd like to read it because it's just such a beautiful, concise explanation of those two words and the difference between them. And this is from sound-well.co.uk. So it's called, What is Entrainment? The basic law of quantum physics teaches us that everything in the universe is made up of particles or waves, vibrating like strings at different frequencies. From the cells in our own bodies to the light and sound waves that echo through the cosmos. Within these vibrational phenomena, resonating particles will communicate with and influence each other. The vibrational frequency of two objects in contact will frequently fall into sync. And when the frequencies are the same, it's called resonance. So they're resonating with each other. These two particles that are close to each other and they're falling into sync because they're close to each other. I just wasn't reading that part. That's just my own ad. So when a a vibrational body of a stronger resonance influences another in its field, leading the beat, so to speak. It's called entrainment. And again, in my own words, so entrainment is when a particle or a thing comes into another particle or thing's field and it's vibrating stronger or higher. It can cause the the lower vibrating particle to entrain to it so that they, they become resonant. And then I'm going back here again to reading. In the late 17th century, Dutch physicist Christian Huygens, I don't know if I said that right, was the inventor of the grandfather clock. And he famously observed entrainment at work among the swinging pendulums of his machines. So he'd set a room full of pendulum clocks in motion at different paces and he'd leave them there And when he'd come back, they would all have fallen into sync. So he was the first 
to really discuss entrainment and to do to be able to prove entrainment as a thing. So when two systems are oscillating at different frequencies, there's an impelling force called resonance that causes the two to transfer energy from one to the other. And when two similarly tuned systems vibrate at different frequencies, there's another aspect of this energy transfer called entrainment, which causes them to line up and to vibrate at the same frequency. And then you're going to really like this part because it's really coming full circle into your own studies and inquiries around, you know, how live music can be such a beautiful healing experience for such large groups of people. And what it says is our bodies naturally entrain to external rhythms without us really noticing. Phases of the moon entrain hormonal cycles and our own breath influence our heartbeat and respiration. Yes. Isn't that cool? That's really the coolest. Yes, that's really the best explanation of those two words. And it's just really neat and tidy. And, you know, another example I was thinking about is like when a mom, when a mother holds her baby on her chest, a baby's heart will entrain to its mother's. And in the same way, in the work that I do, I guide everybody into into a deep, relaxed state And I even ask them to use their bones as a weight to anchor down into the body of the earth so that our hearts can entrain to our mother, to Mother Earth's heartbeat. And at the very most simplest level, that's one of the greatest gifts of not just sound healing, but of relaxing and entraining with the mother, with Mother Earth in, in any kind of a way. It's why we like to sit in the woods. Mm, I love this so much. It's so powerful and so juicy. Yes. And I'm like, huh. Yes. <laughs> I know, it's the yummiest stuff. It's like the remedy. It's the, it's the way. It's, yes. Yeah. And one thing I'll say that I'm always, I'm always wondering about, I'm in kind of an inquiry about myself is, you know, all these sound healing apps are coming out and with the, with the increased awareness around the use of sound and frequency and energy medicine of all kinds for, for wellness, for self-care. I think that if you're stuck in a, in an environment where there's no healers and there's no bird song and there's no earth to lay down on, using your phone to regulate yourself and get the chemicals going of of well-being and union with nature is awesome. But there is so much lost when receiving sound and frequency medicine from a non-human source, a non-organic source. And um, what we really need is to be felt by each other, to be held by each other, and to be healed by our mother, by nature, and by each other. So, and also frequency and vibration. And and when you're talking about specific frequencies that are dialed to work with the subconscious and the different energy systems in the body. I like to tell people to be careful because those are like the secret codes to your inner sanctuary. And so you want to be surrounding yourself with light and making sure that you feel safe and that you are in a container that's held when you're doing that kind of work. Before we say goodbye to you, which Thank you so much for joining us here. I am sure that some listeners are going to hear, you know, everything that you shared and be like, how can I experience some of Melinda's medicine? So please tell us how we can let people know how to find you and if that's available and all the things. Yes. So my website is melindakinsey.com. I imagine we could probably put that. Absolutely. Yep. It'll be in the show notes. 
Awesome. And then here in Vermont, I'm doing the group sound healing events called Sacred Sound Sanctuary pretty regularly, a couple of them a month. And then I try to do one in Montreal. So you can register for those on my website and see what the calendar is. And then I'm available for privates. I do them virtually. So you could be anywhere in the world. And they're really pretty delicious even when they're virtual because we're working multidimensionally anyway. And I see people in person here in Vermont at my office at my home. And then I'm teaching and I do two or three mentorships throughout the year right now that are like a spiritual... It's a prerequisite to my sound healer training, the mentorships. And they are like nurturing your unique extrasensory capacities and giving you really basic tools for the expansion of your own gifts and energetic rising. And then the sound healer training is the sound healer training. Awesome. And they can find all about all of those things on your website. Yeah. Some of it isn't like... I don't go into it in really great detail on my website. And it's good if people just get in contact with me so I can figure out if they're wondering how to work with me, but they're not sure what would be a fit. I'm really happy to talk to them about what would. Awesome. I love that. And get in touch with you. They can find your info on your website. Do you have any kind of social handles that anybody could follow you on? I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Melinda Kinsey and as Sacred Sound Sanctuary. So either one of those works to find me and connect that way or my website. Awesome. Well, I know I am very intrigued. So I can't wait to learn more. Yeah. I know. And I need I need to get my butt to more sound healings and also the sound healing mentorship and all that that we talked about before. It's still in my sphere. <laughs> awesome. I'm not going anywhere when the time is right. Yeah. Oh, and there are there are two recordings on my website that I always forget to mention. One of them is a 45-minute channeled sound journey. It's called Sophia Returns a light activation and the Holy Sophia. Sorry, Meg, I'm putting my daughter in the thing. Not Sorry. <laughs> I just pulled this card yesterday. If you can see it, it's Sophia. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah. You should listen to that recording. <laughs> I'm totally going. To. I had not ever met her before. I had not worked with the energies of the Sophia before, but I had, worked with a woman who is an initiate of the Sophia path. And in this recording, the living energy of Sophia came and guided the whole sound thing. So it's a good one. And I'm glad that I caught it on recording. And it's it's like a 45-minute sacred sound sanctuary that you can just do at home if anybody wants to check that out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Melinda. We so appreciate you sharing your gifts with us and just bridging this conversation between sound healing and going to shows and what's what's happening in all of our worlds and things like that. So, And just like the activation that's happening on the planet right now, it's like so exciting. And I feel like there's so many people that are like awakening up to so much. So I appreciate you like helping to usher that in too. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, it's really an, an honor to be on the call with you both. And thank you for the bridges that you're building too. Thank you so much. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Welcome back, everyone. And wow, 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 wow. My mind is totally blown by that conversation. And also like, I think it's so funny because it's so normal to me to be talking about 
multidimensional things and opening portals and all of that. And it maybe it sounds strange to some of you, but also maybe it was normal. I don't know. But regardless, like it's such an interesting conversation, whether this is normal to you or you are just like, whoa, I never even thought of that or heard of that before. And it opened your mind to the possibility of what that could be. Like, welcome to the party. Yes, I know. I just love how more and more people are talking about this openly. I mean, I I was always raised... Well, my mother was very spiritual. So I've always been raised by like knowing that all of this is possible. But I feel like, at least in my life, so many people are just like having these spiritual activations and really like coming forward with the work that they're here to do in this world in a multidimensional way. And I think that's so cool. Because then it gives other people permission. You know, it's like, I feel like before... Because like I've heard that my grandfather was gifted in sight. But like he totally... What do you call it? Like the... It starts with a D. (laughs) Diminished it. But not only that, like he pushed away from it. You know, and I feel like so many people in our certainly our grandparents' generation and the generation before that like may have been gifted with these abilities to be able to have access to multi-dimensions. But because it was so taboo and there's a lot of witch wounds that we all have and things like that, like it seriously was not safe to come forward in that way at that time, you know, people would feel so ostracized and like just separate from themselves that it could create so many mental and emotional distress and even disease from that. And it's just sad because it's just part of who we are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how many kids, like I know so many children that, you know, if you have an imaginary friend, that is probably somebody from another dimension. Like Mm -hmm. you're we were all open to it as kids until someone was like, that's weird that you have an imaginary friend or you're making that up or you're crazy or whatever it is that they said to you. Mm -hmm. And so you shut it down. But it is something that we all have and it's a part of us all. And actually the show that I was talking about where the portal was open, the Fish Providence show a couple of years ago, my interdimensional team came to me and they were like, Stop trying to make sense of us. Like you are human and you just you you don't have the ability to make sense of us, but we we're here to help you. So can you just humanize us so you can get the messages from us? And I was like, okay. So they kind of look like Cinderella's like fairy godmothers, but kind of a little more psychedelic than that. <laughs> and that's how I picture them in my head. And now I'm able to receive all of these amazing messages from my multi-dimensional team of light beings that are there to help me where before I didn't know how to receive the messages from them. And I talked to Melinda about this outside of the interview and she's like, that is really great advice that they gave you. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's so lovely. So if you out there also have access to your multidimensional team and maybe you totally claim it and own it, or maybe you've like had a sense of them, but you're not fully there yet, like know that that you're not alone and send us a message. Let us know how that lands for you. Yeah. And like, you know, I had little inklings of it, but it was just that like that one experience where again, that portal was open and I was able to access it. And then all of a sudden it was like, now that this is here forever. Mm-hmm. So like for some people, this might come on slowly. You might hear little bits and pieces and you just hone it a little more and more, but don't feel bad or feel like you're doing it wrong or something because the way that it's going to come to you is different for everyone. So just be open to it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's part of the healing that is here for us to be a part of right now and this time in our world, in our reality that we're living in. There's so much healing that needs to be done. And as we heal individuals, we're going to heal communities, we're going to heal the world. And so we need these healers that are connected to not just this earthly plane. Yeah. And just like we talked about at the very end of this interview, the entrainment and resonance, which Leah, I know you're going to dive into a bit, but, and I'm going to dive into that too in the Daily Jam and how it's so important to like do what you can to try to vibe at your highest vibe possible Mm -hmm. so you can bring others with you on the journey. Exactly. Yeah. So 
Let's do dive into that a little bit more for the wee. <laughs> Did you know? We've really been talking about entrainment a lot in this podcast at different times without necessarily using the word. And specifically for, you know, the Jason Han episode when we talked at the end about how we can really use the power of helping people get into the same vibration to move the vibration of the planet in that direction, right? It's like that tipping point where there's so many people that are at the same frequency, it will begin to bring others into that frequency. That is entrainment right there. That's what we've been talking about. Also with self-other merging, that is what's happening. That's how that process of self-other merging starts to happen is because of that process of entrainment where people are brought into the same frequency and then they begin to physically, the lines begin to become blurred of where is your physical body ending and where is my physical body beginning? And it just feels like this mass, this glob of energy. And also, I will say, this was not mentioned in the interview, but entrainment has been used in many different ways. So when I was doing my research on live music, I read this book called Keeping Together in Time, Dance and Drill in Human History by William McNeil. And he talks about entrainment as well and how that's been used, especially by the military, to get people to like organize people. You know, if you think of the military and all of their drills where they have to stand and, you know, they do their marching and even marching bands, like getting people together, like think of how much how many times music, especially the drum beat in shamanic journeys, like the drum beat to entrain everybody. Like it's just really interesting how we can, well, the opportunity to begin to see how this is happening in so many ways that we might not have considered it before. So I just wanted to highlight some of those so that you can really get a deeper understanding of this process of entrainment and how it's been happening since somebody picked up two sticks and started banging them together or like Melinda was saying with the heartbeats, you know, like we don't notice that, but, or maybe not consciously notice that, but certainly our bodies notice that. And that's how we connect deeply with another person. Yeah. I feel that so much. Like even at the beginning of the yoga classes I teach, I have people put ha their hands on their heart and say like, feel that rhythm section that's happening under your hands, your heartbeat. And then we take three deep breaths together and I could feel all of a sudden that we are so connected. We came in all over the place as different individuals. And then in that moment, all of a sudden we're here together. I do it sometimes at the beginning of live music shows. I'll announce the band and I come out and tell them to put their hands on their heart, feel their heart and take three deep breaths. And all of a sudden they're all in it together. It's yeah. that's the purpose of your embodied groove class. Yep, we do that at the beginning of that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Well, so I'm gonna give you a little activity for Daily Jam. So as we were talking about the how we all have resonance, we're all vibrations, and that when there's entrainment that is a, a stronger vibration that all of a sudden everyone comes together or a weaker vibration, everyone comes together and all of a sudden you're in training and your resonance are all going the same. And so my challenge is to think of ways that you can vibe the highest so you can entrain other vibrations to come and meet you where you're at. And so where you can be the highest and the lightest and the brightest. And you know, you're not going to be like that way all the way every day, all the time. Sometimes you're going to need to be around others that are like that. So that's really great. But if it's available to you and you can, just think, how can I be the brightest, shiniest, vibiest person that I can possibly be? And like, what would that look like? And what would that mean? What would I be feeding myself as this person? What kind of music would I be listening to? How would I be moving my body? And then I want you to do that. Yeah. 
And if you need some inspiration, check out our last episode, episode 54, Vibe Tending with Karen, the dancing lady. She will definitely inspire you to to live your life in that way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I got so many messages about that particular podcast of people. They were like, oh my gosh, was she at Zen Barn? Because I remember and she like (laughs) brought me up and made me feel better. Oh my gosh. I danced with her at a show five years ago and I've never been the same. (laughs) (laughs) So like those are perfect examples that like you don't know the impact you're going to have on someone and how you're going to entrain them to resonate at a higher vibe just by like dancing around wildly and authentically at a show. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Yay. (laughs) All right. Well, I think we should probably let you go do your daily jam so that you can bring some love and light not only to your life, but also into those that you're going to inspire. Yes. I'm so looking forward to that and seeing you all out in the world and coming up to your vibe. Woo! Yay! All right. Hope you have the best day ever. Bye, everybody. Love you. Bye. Love you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We so appreciate you. And if you did love this episode, we would love it so much if you could share it with at least one friend that you think might love it as well. So just send it over to them. Let them know what you loved about it. It could just be like, hey, check this out or one word about how it inspired you. Also, wherever you are listening to your podcast, if you could just click that follow button right there, that would be super awesome. That helps to let the platform know that this is a podcast worth listening to. And also, if you are listening on Apple Pod, if you could not only follow us, but also leave a rating or a review, it would mean so much to us. That, again, is how more people are going to be able to find out about this podcast and really start to open their mind about the intersection between health and wellness and live music and why this experience is so important for our health and our well-being and our longevity. So again, thank you so much for listening. We are a part of Osiris Pod. You can find many more inspiring arts and music podcasts at OsirisPod.com. And if you would like to follow me, Leah, or Tara Lee, you can find us on Instagram. Tara Lee is at Rocking Life with two underscores, and I am at Dr. Leah Taylor. So come follow us there. We love you so much, and thank you again for listening. 